Chapter 14 of The Fall of Troy by Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Then rose from ocean dawn the golden throne Up to the heavens. Night into chaos sank. And now the Argives spoiled fair-fenced Troy, And took her boundless treasures for a prey. Like river torrents seemed they, That sweep down by rain-floods swelled In thunder from the hills, And seaward hurled tall trees, And whatsoe'er grows on the mountains, Mingled with the wreck of shattered cliff and crag. So the long lines of Danians Who wasted Troy with fire seemed, Streaming with her plunder to the ships. Troy's daughters therewithal in scattered bands they held down seaward, virgins yet unwed, and new-made brides, and matrons silver-haired, and mothers from whose bosoms foes had torn babes for the last time closing lips on breast. Amidst of these Menelaus led his wife, forth the burning city, having wrought a mighty triumph, joy and shame were his. Cassandra, heavenly fair, was hailed the prize of Agamemnon. To Achilles' son, Andromache had fallen. Hecuba, Odysseus dragged unto his ship. The tears poured from her eyes as water from a spring. Trembled her limbs, fear frenzied was her heart. Rent were her hoary tresses and besprent with ashes of the hearth, cast by her hands when she saw Priam slain and Troy aflame. And I, she deeply groaned for thraldom's day that trapped her vainly loath. Each hero led a wailing Trojan woman to his ship. Here, there uprose from these the wild lament, the woeful mingling cries of mother and babe. As when with white tusked swine the herdsmen drive their younglings from the hill pens to the plain, as winter closeth in, and evermore each answereth each with mingled plaintive cries. So moaned Troy's daughters, by their foes enslaved, handmaid and queen, made one in thraldom's lot. But Helen raised no lamentation. Shame set on her dark blue eyes, and cast its flush over her lovely cheeks. Her heart beat hard, with sore misgiving, lest, as to the ship she passed, the Achaeans might mishandle her. Therefore with fluttering soul she trembled sore, and her head darkly mantled in her veil, close following trod she in her husband's steps, with cheek shame crimsoned, like the queen of love, what time the heaven-abiders saw her clasped in Ares' arms. Shaming in sight of all the marriage-bed, trapped in the myriad-meshed toils of her Festus, tangled there she lay in agony of shame, while thronged around the blessed, and there stood her Festus' self, for fearful it is for wives to be beheld by husbands' eyes doing the deed of shame. Lovely as she in form, and roseate blush, passed Helen mid the Trojan captives on to the Argive ships. But the folk all around marvelled to see the glory of loveliness of that all-flawless woman. No man dared or secretly or openly to cast reproach on her. As on a goddess, all gazed on her with adoring, wistful eyes. As when to wanderers on the stormy sea, After long time and passionate prayer, The sight of fatherland is given, From deadly deeps escaped, They stretch their hands to her joyful soul, 
so joyed the Danians all, no man of them remembered any more war's travail and pain. Such thoughts Cytheria stirred in them for grace to Helen starry-eyed and Zeus her sire. Then, when he saw that burg-beloved destroyed, Xanthus, scarce drawing breath from bloody war, mourned with his nymphs for ruin fallen on Troy, mourned for the city of Priam blotted out. As when hell lashes a field of ripened wheat, and beats it small, and smites off the ears with merciless scourge, and levelled with the ground are stalks, and on the earth is all the grain woefully wasted, and the harvest lord is stricken with deadly grief. So Xanthus' soul was utterly whelmed in grief for Ilium, made a desolation. Grief undying was his, immortal though he was. Mourned Samoas and long-reached Ida, all who on Ida dwelt, welled from afar the ruin of Priam's town. But with loud laughter of glee the Argives sought their galleys, chanting the triumph might of victory, chanting now the blessed gods, now their own valour, and a pious work ever renowned. Their song soared up to heaven like multitudinous cries of daws when breaks a day of sunny calm and windless air after ruining storm. From their glad hearts so rose the joyful clamour, till the gods heard and rejoiced in heaven, all who helped with willing hands the war-fain Argive men. But chafe those others which had aided Troy, beholding Priam's city wrapped in flame, yet powerless for her help to override fate. For not Cronos' son can stay the hand of destiny, whose might transcendeth all the immortals, and Zeus sanctioneth all her deeds. The Argives on the flaming altar wood laid many thighs of oxen, and made haste to spill sweet wine on their burnt offerings, thanking the gods for the great work achieved. And loudly at the feast they sang the praise of all the mailed men whom the horse of tree had ambushed. Far-famed Sinon they extolled for that dire torment he endured of foes. Yea, song and honour guerdons without end all rendered him. And that resolved soul glad-hearted joyed for the Argives' victory, and for his own misfeaturing sorrowed not. For to the wise and prudent man renown is better far than gold, than goodly head, than all good things men have or hope to win. So, feasting by the ships all void of fear, cried one to another ever and anon, We have touched the goal of this long war, have won glory, have smitten our foes and their great town, now grant, O Zeus, to our prayers safe home return. But not to all the sire vouchsafed return. Then rose a cunning harper in their midst, and sang the song of triumph and of peace rewon, and with glad hearts, untouched by care, they heard. For no more fear of war had they, but of sweet toil of law-abiding days and blissful fleeting hours henceforth they dreamed. All the war's story in their eager ears he sang, How leagued peoples gathering met at hallowed Aulis, How the invincible strength of Peleus' son Smote fenced cities twelve in sea-raids, How he marched our leagues on leagues of land, And spoiled eleven. All he wrought in fight with Telephus and Etigon, 
how he slew giant sickness all the toil of war that through achilles wrath befell the achaeans how he dragged dead hector round his own troy's wall and how he slew in fight penthesilea and tithonus son how aeas laid low glaucus lord of spears then sang he how the child of aeacus son struck down Eurypylus, and how the shafts of philoctetus dealt to paris death then the song named all the heroes who passed in ambush to the horse of guile and him the fall of god descended priam's burg the feast he sang last and peace after war then many another as they listed sang but when above those feasters midnight stars hung ceased the danians from the feast and wine and turned to sleep's forgetful care for that with yesterday's war travail all were wearied wherefore they who fain all night had revelled needs must cease how loath soe'er sleep drew them thence here and there soft slumbered they but in his tent menelaus lovingly with bright-haired helen spake for on their eyes sleep had not fallen yet. The Cyperian queen brooded above their souls, that old in love might be renewed, and heartache chased away. Helen first broke the silence, and she said, O Menelaus, be not wroth with me. Not of my will I left thy roof, thy bed. But Alexander and the sons of Troy came upon me, and snatched away, when thou wast far hence. Oft times did I essay by the death news to perish, wretchedly, or by the bitter sword. But still they stayed mine hand, and spake comfortable words to solve my grief for thee and my sweet child. For her sake, for the sake of olden love, and for thine own sake, I beseech thee now, forget thy stern displeasure against thy wife. Answered her Menelaus, wise of wit no more remember past griefs seal them up hid in thine heart let all be locked within the dim dark mansion of forgetfulness what profits it to call ill deeds to mind glad was she then fear flitted from her heart and came sweet hope that her lord's wrath was dead she cast her arms around him and their eyes with tears were brimming as they made sweet moan. Then side by side they laid them, and their hearts thrilled with remembrance of old spousal joy. As a vine and ivory intertwined their stems each around other, that no might of wind avails to sever them, so clung these twain, twined in the passionate embrace of love. When came upon these two sorrow-drowning sleep, Even then above his son's head rose and stood, Godlike Achilles might he shade, In form as when he lived, the Trojans' bane, The joy of Greeks, and kissed his neck And flashing eyes lovingly, and spake comfortable words. All hail, my son, vex not thine heart With grief for thy dead sire. For with the blessed gods, now at the feast I sit, Refrain thy soul from sorrow, And plant my strength within thy mind. Be foremost of the Argives ever, 
yield to none in valour, but in counsel bow before thine elders. So shall all acclaim thy courtesy. Honour princely men and wise, for ever the true man is the true man's friend, even as the vile man cleaveth to the knave. If good thy thought be, good shall be thy deeds, but no man shall attain to honour's height, except his heart be right within. Her stem is hard to climb, and high in heaven spread her branches. Only they whom strength and toil attend strain up to pluck her blissful fruit, climbing the tree of honour, glory crowned. Thou therefore follow fame, and let thy soul be not in sorrow afflicted overmuch, nor in prosperity over glad. To friends, to comrades, child and wife, be kindly of heart, remembering still that near to all men stand the gates of doom, the mansions of the dead. For humankind are like the flowers of grass, the blossom of spring. These fade while those bloom. Therefore be thou ever kindly with thy kind. Now to the Argives say, to Atreus' son Agamemnon chiefly, if my battle toil round Priam's walls, or those sea raids I led, or ever I set foot on Trojan land, be in their hearts remembered, to my tomb be Priam's daughter Polyxena led, whom as my portion of the spoil I claim, and sacrificed thereon. Else shall my wrath against them more than for Briseis burn. The waves of the great deep will I turmoil to bar their way, upstirring storm on storm, that through their own mad folly pining away, here they may linger long, until to me they pour drink-offerings, yearning sore for home. But when they have slain the maiden, I grudge not that whoso will may bury her far from me. Then as a wind-breath swift he fleeted thence, and came to the Elysian plain, whereto a path to heaven reacheth, for the feet ascending and descending of the blest. Then the sun started up from sleep, and called his sire to mind, and glowed the heart in him. When to the wide heaven the child of mist uprose, scattering night, unveiling earth and air, then from their rest upsprang Achaea's sons, yearning for home. With laughter again they hailed down to the sea the keels, but lo, their haste was reined in by Achilles' mighty son. He assembled them, and told his sire's behest. Hearken, dear sons of Argives, battle-staunch, to my glorious father's hest, to me spoken in darkness, slumbering on my bed. He saith he dwells with the immortal gods. He biddeth you and Atreus' son, the king, to bring, as his war-girdon passing fair, to his dim, dark tomb, Polyxena, queenly-robed, to slay her there, but far from thence to bury her. But if ye slight him, and essay to sail the sea, he threateneth to stir up the waves, to bar your path upon the deep, and here, storm-bound long time to hold you, ships and men. Then hearkened they, and as to a god they prayed, for even now a storm-blast on the sea upheaved the waves, broad-backed and thronging fast, more than before beneath a maddening wind. Toss the great deep, smit by Poseidon's hands, for a grace to strong Achilles, 
all the winds swooped on the waters prayed the dardans all to achilles and a man to his fellow cried great zeus seed achilles verily was therefore is he a god who in days past dwelt among us for lapse of dateless time makes not the sons of heaven to fade away then to achilles tomb the host returned and led the maid as calf by herdsmen dragged for sacrifice from woodland pastures torn from its mother's side and lowing loud and long it moans with anguished heart so priam's child wailed in the hands of foes down streamed her tears as when beneath the heavy sacks of sand olives clear-skinned ne'er blotched by drops of storm pour out their oil when the long levers creak as strong men strained the cords, so poured the tears of travel-burdened Priam's daughter, held to stern Achilles' tomb, tears blent with moans. Drenched were her bosom folds, glistened the drops on flesh clear-white as costly ivory. Then, to crown all her griefs, yet sharper pain fell on the heart of hapless Hecuba, then did her soul recall that awful dream the vision of sleep of that night overpast her seemed that on achilles tomb she stood moaning her hair down streaming to the ground and from her breast blood dripped to earth the while and drenched the tomb fear haunted touching this foreboding all calamity she wailed piteously far rang her wild lament as a dog moaning at her master's door utters long howls her teats with milk distent whose whelps ere their eyes open to the light her lords afar have flung a prey to kites and now with short sharp cries she plains and now long howling the weird outcry thrills the air so wailed so shrieked for her child hecuba ah me what sorrows first or last shall I lament, heart-anguished, who am full of woes? Those unimagined ills my son, my king, have suffered. Or my city, or my daughter shamed, or my despair, my day of slavery. Oh, the grim fates have caught me in a net of manifold ills. Oh, child, they have spun for thee a dread weird of unimagined misery. They have thrust thee away when near was hymen's hymn for thine espousals mark thee for destruction dark unendurable unspeakable for lo a dead man's heart achilles heart is by our blood made warm with life to-day o child dear child that i might die with thee that earth might swallow me ere i see thy doom so cried she weeping never-ceasing tears for grief on bitter grief encompassed her but when these reached divine achilles tomb then did his son unsheath the wetted sword his left hand grasped the maid and his right hand was laid upon the tomb and thus he cried hear father thy son's prayer hear the prayers of argives and be no more wroth with us lo unto thee now all thy heart's desire we will fulfil be gracious to us thou and to our praying grant sweet home return into the maid's throat then he plunged the blade of death the dear life straightway sobbed she forth with the last piteous moan of parting breath face downward to the earth she fell all round her flesh was crimsoned from her neck 
as snow stained on a mountainside with scarlet blood rushing from javelin-smitten boar are bare the maiden's corpse then gave they to be borne unto the city to antenor's home for that when troy yet stood he nurtured her in his fair halls a bride for his own son eurymachus the old man buried her king priam's princess child nigh his own house by ganymede's shrine and over against the temple of pallas the unwearied one then were the waves stilled and the blast was hushed to sleep and all the sea-floor lulled to calm swift with glad laughter hie they to the ships hymning achilles and the blessed ones a feast they made first serving thighs of kine for the immortals gladsome sacrifice steamed on all sides in cups of silver and gold they drank sweet wine and their hearts leaped up with hope of winning to their fatherland again but when with meats and wine all these were filled then in their eager ears spake neleus son hear friends who have escaped the long turmoil of war that i may say to you one welcome word now is the hour of heart's delight the hour of home return away achilles soul hath ceased from ruinous wrath earth shaker stills the stormy wave and gentle breezes blow no more the waves toss high haste hail the ships down to the sea now ho for home return eager they heard and ready made the ships then was a marvellous portent seen of men for all unhappy priam's queen was changed from woman's form into a pitiful hound and all men gathered round in wondering awe then all her body a god transformed to stone a mighty marvel for men yet unborn at calchas bidding this the Achaeans bore in a swift ship to Hellespont's far side. Then down to the sea in haste they ran the keels. Their wealth they laid aboard, even all the spoil taken, or ever unto Troy they came from conquered neighbor peoples. Therewithal what so they took from Hylium, wherein most they joyed, for untold was the sum thereof. And followed with them many a captive maid with anguished heart, so went they aboard the ships but calchas would not with that eager host launch forth yea he had fain withheld therefrom all the archaeans for his prophet's soul foreboded dread destruction looming are the argives by the rocks corfarian but naught they heeded him malignant fate deluded men's souls only amphilochus the wise in prophet lore the gallant son of princely amphiarius stayed with him fated were these twain far from their own land to reach pamphylian and cilician burgs and this the gods thereafter brought to pass but now the achaeans cast the hawsers loose from shore in haste they heave the anchor stones roared hellespont beneath the flashing oars crashed the prows through the sea about the bows much armour of slain foes was lying heaped along the bulwarks victory trophies hung countless with garlands wreathed they all the ships their heads the spears the shields wherewith they had fought against their foes the chiefs stood on the prows and poured into the dark sea once and again wine to the gods to grant them safe return 
but with the winds their prayers mixed far away vainly they floated blent with cloud and air with anguished hearts the captive maids looked back on ilium and with sobs and moans they wailed striving to hide their grief from argive eyes clasping their knees some sat in misery some veiled with their hands their faces others nursed young children in their arms those innocents not yet bewailed their day of bondage nor their country's ruin all their thoughts were set on comfort of the breast for the babe's heart hath none affinity with sorrow all set with unbraided hair and pitiful breast scored with their fingers on their cheeks there lay stains of dried tears and streamed thereover now fresh tears full fast as still they gazed aback on the lost hapless home wherefrom yet rose the flames and o'er it writhed the rolling smoke now on cassandra marvelling they gazed calling to mind her prophecy of doom but at their tears she laughed in bitter scorn in anguish for the ruin of her land such trojans as had skate from pitiless war gathered to render now the burial dues unto their city slain antenor led to that sad work one pyre for all they raised but laughed with triumphing hearts the argive men as now with oars they swept o'er the dark sea ways now hastily hoisted sails high o'er the ships and fleeted fast the stern dardania land and hero achilles tomb but now their hearts how blithe soe'er remembered comrades slain and sorely grieved and wistfully they looked back to the alien land it seemed to them i sliding farther from their ships full soon by tenedos beaches spilt they now they ran by carissa smithian phoebus holy place and hollowed cilia far away were glimpsed the windy heights of lesbos rounded now was lecton's foreland where is the last peak of ida in the sails loud hummed the wind crashed round the prows the dark surge the long waves showed shadowy hollows far the white wake gleamed now had the argives all to the hallowed soil of hellas won by perils of the deep unscathed but for athena daughter of zeus the thunderer and her indignation's wrath when nigh euboea's windy heights they drew she rose in anger unappeasable against the locrian king devising doom crushing and pitiless and drew nigh to zeus lord of the gods and spake to him apart in wrath that in her breast would not be pent zeus father unendurable of gods is men's presumption they reck not of thee of none of the blessed reck they for as much as vengeance followeth after sin no more and oft-times more afflicted are good men than evil and their misery hath no end therefore no man regardeth justice shame lives not with men and i i will not dwell hereafter in olympus not be named thy daughter if i may not be avenged on the achaeans reckless sin behold within my very temple only a son hath wrought iniquity hath pitied not cassandra stretching unregarded hands once and again to me nor did he dread my might nor reverenced in his wicked heart the immortal but a deed intolerable he did therefore let not thy spirit divine begrudge my heart's desire so that all men may quake before the manifest wrath of gods 
answered the sire with heart-assuaging words. Child, not for the Argive's sake withstand I thee, but all mine armory, which the Cyclops might to win my favour wrought with tireless hands, to thy desire I give. O strong heart, hurl a ruining storm thyself on the Argive fleet. Then down before the aweless maid he cast swift lightning, thunder, and deadly thunderbolt, and her heart leapt, and gladdened was her soul. She donned the stormy aegis flashing far, adamantine, massy, a marvel to the gods whereon was wrought Medusa's ghastly head. Fearful, strong serpents, breathing forth the blast of ravening fire while on the face thereof, crashed on the queen's breast all the aegis links, as after lightning crashes the firmament. Then grasped she her father's weapons, which no god save Zeus can lift, and wide Olympus shook. Then swept she the clouds and mist together on high. Night over earth was poured, haze o'er the sea. Zeus watched, and was right glad, as broad heaven's floor rocked neath the goddess' feet, and crashed the sky, as though invincible Zeus rushed forth to war. Then sped she Iris unto Aeolus, from heaven far-flying over the misty seas, to bid him send forth all his buffeting winds, or iron-bound Caphareus cliffs to sweep ceaselessly, and with ruin of maddening blast to upheave the sea. Iris heard, and swift she darted, through cloud billows plunging down. Thou hadst said, Lo, in the sky dark water and fire, and to Aeolia came she, isle of caves, of echoing dungeons of mad raging winds, with rugged ribs of mountains overarched, whereby the mansion stands of Aeolus, Hippotas' son. Him found she there within, with wife and twelve sons, and she told him Athena's purpose toward the home-bound Achaeans. He denied her not, but passed forth of his halls, and in resistless hands upswung his trident, smiting the mountainside, within whose chasm cell the wild winds dwelt, tempestuously shrieking. Ever pealed weird roarings of their voices round its vaults. Cleft by his might was the hillside. Forth they poured. He bade them on their wings bear blackest storm to upheave the sea and shroud Caphareus heights. Swiftly upsprang they, ere the king's command was fully spoken. Mightily moaned the sea as they rushed o'er it, Waves like mountain cliffs from all sides were uprolled. The Achaeans' hearts were terror-palsied, as the towering surge now swung the ships up high through palling mist, now hurled them, rolled as down a precipice to dark abysses. Up through the yawning deeps some power resistless belts the boiling sand from the sea's floor. Tossed in despair, fear-dazed, men could not grasp the oar, nor reef the sail about the hard arm, how so fain, ere the winds rent it, could not with sheets trim the torn canvas, buffeted so they were by ruining blast. The helmsman had no power to guide the rudder with his practised hands, for those ill winds hurled all confusedly. No hope of life was left them. Blackest night, fury of tempest, wrath of deathless gods raged round them. Still Poseidon heaved, and swung the merciless sea, to work the heart's desire of his brother's glorious child, and she on high, stormed with her lightnings, ruthless in her rage, thundered from heaven Zeus, 
in purpose fixed to glorify his daughter. All the isles and mainland round were lashed by leaping seas nigh to Yaboia, where the power divine scourged most with unrelenting stroke on stroke the Argives. Groan and shriek of perishing men rang through the ships, started great beams and snapped with ominous sound, for ever ship on ship with shivering timbers crashed. With hopeless toil, men strained with oars to thrust back hulls that reeled down on their own, but with the shattered planks were hurled into the abyss to perish there by pitiless doom. For beams of foundering ships from this, from that side, battered out their lives, and crushed were all their bodies wretchedly. Some in the ships fell down, and like dead men lay there. Some, in the grip of destiny, clinging to oars smooth-shaven, tried to swim. Some upon planks were tossing. Roared the surge from fathomless depths. It seemed as though sea, sky, and air were blended all confusedly. Still from Olympus thundered a tritony, wielded her father's power unshamed. Still the welkin shrieked round. Her ruin of wrath upon Aeas hurled she. On his ship dashed she a thunderbolt, and shivered it wide in a moment into fragments small, while earth and air yelled o'er the wreck, and whirled and plunged, and fell the whole sea thereon. They and the ship were altogether flung forth, about them swept the giant waves. Round them leapt lightnings, naming through the dark, choked with a strangling surf of hissing brine, gasping out life, they drifted o'er the sea. But even in death those captive maids rejoiced, as some ill-starred ones, clasping to their breast their babes, sank in the sea. Some flung their arms round Danian's horror-stricken heads, and dragged these down with them, so rendering to their foes requital for foul outrage done to them. And from on high the haughty Trito-born looked down on all this, and her heart was glad. But Aeas floated now on a galley's plank, now through the brine with strong hands o'er his path, like some old titan, tireless in his might. Cleft was the salt sea surge by sinewy hands of that undaunted man, the gods beheld, and marvelled at his courage and his strength. But now the billows swung him up on high through the misty air, as though a mountain's peak now whelmed him down as they would bury him in ravening whirlpits. Yet his stubborn hands toiled on, unwearied. Eye to right and left flashed lightnings down and quenched them in the sea. For not yet was the child of Thunderer Zeus purpose to smite him dead, despite her wrath, ere he had drained the cup of travail and pain down to the dregs. So in the deep long time affliction wore him down, tormented sore on every side. Grim fate stood round the man, unnumbered. Yet despair kindled strength. He cried, Though all the Olympians banded come in wrath, And rouse against me all the sea, I will escape them. But no whit did he elude the gods' wrath, For the shaker of the earth, In fierceness of his indignation, Marked where his hands clung to the Gyarian rock, And in stern anger, With an earthquake shook both sea and land. Around on all sides, Crashed Caphera's cliffs, Beneath the sea-king's wrath, the surf-tormented beaches shrieked and roared. The broad crag rifted, reeled into the sea the rock whereto his desperate hands had clung. Yet did he writhe up round its jutting spurs, while flayed his hands were, and from neath his nails the blood ran. Wrestling with him, 
roared the waves, and the foam whitened all his hair and beard. Yet had he escaped perchance his evil doom, had not Poseidon, wroth with his hardihood, cleaving the earth, hurled down the chasm of the rock, as in old time Pallas heaved on high Sicily, and on huge Enceladus dashed down the isle, which burns with the burning yet of that immortal giant, as he breathes fire underground. So did the mountain crag, hurled from on high, bury the Locrian king, pinning the strong man down, a wretch crushed flat. And on him death's black destruction came, whom land and sea alike were leagued to slay. Still over the great deep were swept the rest of those Achaeans, crouching terror days down in the ships, save those that mid the waves had fallen. Misery encompassed all, for some with heavily plunging prows drave on, with keels upturned some drifted. Here were masts snapped from the hulls by rushing gust, and there were tempest-rifted wrecks of scattered beams, and some had sunk, whelmed in the mighty deep, swamped by the torrent downpour from the clouds. For these endured not madness of wind-tossed sea, leagued with heaven's water-spout. For streamed the sky ceaselessly, like a river, while the deep raved round them, and one cried, Such floods on men fell only when Deucalion's deluge came, when earth was drowned and all was fathomless sea. So cried a Danian, seeing soul appall that wild storm. Thousands perished, corpses thronged the great sea highways, all the beaches were too straight for them, the surf belched multitudes forth on the land, the heavy booming sea with weltering beams of ships was wholly paved, and here and there the grey waves gleamed between. So found they each his several evil fate, some whelmed beneath broad-rushing billows, some wretchedly perishing with their shattered ships by Napolis devising on the rocks. Wroth for that son whom they had done to death, he, when the storm rose and the Argives died, rejoiced amid his sorrow, seeing a god gave to his hands revenge, which now he wreaked upon the host he hated, as o'er the deep they tossed, sore harassed. To his sea-god sire he prayed that all might perish, ships and men, whelmed in the deep. Poseidon heard his prayer, and on the dark surge swept them nigh his land. He, like a harbour warder, lifted high blazing torch, and so by guile he trapped the Achaean men, who deemed that they had won a sheltering haven, but sharp reefs and crags gave awful welcome unto ships and men, who, dashed to pieces on the cruel rocks in the black night, crowned ills with dire ills. Some few escaped, by a god or power unseen, plucked from death's hand. Athena now rejoiced her heart within, and now was racked with fears for prudent-souled Odysseus, for his weird was through Poseidon's wrath to suffer woes full many. But Earth-shaker's jealousy now burned against those long walls and towers, up-piled by the strong Argives for a fence against the Trojans' battle onset. Swiftly then he swelled to o'erbrimming all the sea that rolls from Oxine down to Hellespont, and hurled it on the shore of Troy. And Zeus, for a grace unto the glorious shaker of earth, poured rain from heaven. Withal, far darter bare in that great work his part. From Ida's heights into one channel led he all her streams, and flooded the Achaeans' work. The sea dashed o'er it, and the roaring torrent still rushed on, 
swollen by the rains of Zeus, and the dark surge of the wide moaning sea still hurled them back from mingling with the deep, till all the Danian walls were blotted out beneath their desolating flood. Then earth was by Poseidon chasm cleft. Up rushed deluge of water, slime and sand, while quaked Sigium with a mighty shock, and roared the beach and foundations of the land Dardanian. So vanished, whelmed from sight that mighty rampart, earth asunder yawned, and all sank down, and only sand was seen when back the sea rolled, or the beach outspread far down the booming shore. All this the immortals' anger wrought, but in their ships the Argives storm-dispersed went sailing on. So came they home, as heaven guided each, even all that scaped the fell tempest blast. End of chapter 14 End of The Fall of Troy By Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930